0: This podcast is part of the Garnet Media Group Podcast Network. Garnet Media Group is a partnership between the student-run media outlets at the University of South Carolina.
1: Find out more about Garnet Media Group's podcasts and other student work on garnetmedia.org.
0: to Garnet and Black Unwritten, where we talk everything about USC's student-run magazine, pop culture, and college life. It's not scripted, it's unwritten. (laughs) I'm Faith Fulmer, and I'm here today all by myself, but with a very special guest, Rida Fatima, the features editor for Garnet and Black magazine. Rida, please introduce yourself to our listeners, and please tell us about your role in the magazine if you'd like.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. Hi, Mm -hmm. I'm Rida. I'm a junior uh, biochem major, Mm -hmm. and I joined Garnet and Black as a freshman um, on... uh, articles Mm -hmm. and I really loved everything that I did so I just kind of moved up I went to assistant editor and now I'm a features editor Mm. uh for this year and I just kind of help all the features writers write their um pieces specifically about feature I said features so much (laughs) (laughs) features for Garnet and Black um I really enjoy it like being able to help people kind of uh
0: bring their pieces um you know like to their best that they can be. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. So, for anyone who doesn't know, Retta wrote a beautiful piece for our new fall print edition of the magazine called "Woven Crowns" about her and other women's experiences wearing hijabs in Colombia and on the USC campus. So, everyone should give it a read. We'll be talking about it a lot today. So, if you haven't already, pause the episode, go to gnbmagazine.com and read it. But before we get into that, I just have a couple more questions before we get into that, and then um, I want to talk about our media of the week, of course. Um, so, what? So as a biochemistry major, what led you to want to express yourself creatively in the magazine and write articles?
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, So kind of throughout, like, I've always loved to write Mm -hmm. um, creatively. Like, throughout high school, I got really into more so creative writing in general, like, short stories and poems and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And when I came into college, like, I heard about in Black, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so cool. But I have, like, Mm -hmm. no experience with, like, journalistic stuff. But I was like – Like, the managing editor and articles editors at the time were, like, really, um, like, really supportive. They were, like, you can kind of write whatever you want in Garnet & Black and, like, give yourself a chance to grow. Yeah, Um, totally. So I did, and, like, I really haven't, uh, looked back. Like, it's been generally, like, one of the best decisions that I've made over college. It's really Mm -hmm. informed a lot of my experience, and I've grown so much in Garnet & Black.
0: Yeah, totally. I definitely feel that. I, I have always been more of like a creative person. So like, I, I also love to write short stories. We were literally talking about this last week. I, I wrote a lot of weird short stories when I was little and not little, like as a kid. Um, and I, I just, anything creative, like I just needed to get my paws on, you know, yeah. like I... So when I was trying to find a student organization and get involved with in college, I tried my hand at SGTV, but I just wanted more of like a platform where I could really do anything I wanted. Like I, there wasn't a super strict schedule or anything like that. Of course, there's still responsibility when it comes to being a part of the magazine, especially as a senior editor like you and myself, or mm-hmm. not senior editor, senior lead- leadership. <laughs> I I'm using I'm losing my mind. Um, but I, it's it's nice to have responsibility, but also feel like you have you know the creative leeway to do what you really want to do which is awesome and that's probably my favorite thing about Garnet and Black because it just provides you a really cool platform to speak your mind and and do what you want and make silly videos like I do (laughs) and record silly podcasts but you know there's also a lot of responsibility that comes with you know recording the podcast and putting out articles so you know, it's, it's, a good, it's a good 50-50. Yeah,
1: I definitely agree. There's so much flexibility, like, with what you can do. And also just the way that you can, like, write or make your content with Incarnate and Black, which I really appreciate. Mm. Like, it allows you to grow in a lot of different ways.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, before we get into all the meat and the potatoes, um, do you have any media of the week that you'd like to talk about? Um, sure. So, I haven't really been listening to a
1: lot of music this mm-hmm. week. Um, yeah,
0: I've been the same way.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, I... But, like, in the car now, I've started listening to, like, audiobooks just because, like, I'm a commuter, so mm-hmm. I spend a lot of time in the car. Yeah. Um, so I was like, let me do some more long-form stuff. So I'm listening to this audiobook right now. It's called The Devil in the White City. Mm-hmm. It's about the Chicago's world, the Chicago World's Fair. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, half of it, it's, like, split into two parts. So, like, half of it is, like, about, like, how the World's Fair was made mm-hmm. um, and, like, how it came to be because there's a lot of obstacles. But then the other half is, like, about the serial killer who was, like, operating around that
0: time and like that's crazy yeah that sounds really interesting i i have like a i have like a niche interest in like how like the how do i say this like disney and the history of disney and they mm-hmm. started the world's the world fair i think is that right i don't know i'm not sure i'm pretty sure like it's a small world or something like th- or carousel of progress Everybody anyone knows what i'm talking about out there um yeah i'm pretty sure they started at like the the world's fair and like then they were like let's make disneyland so that that actually quite interests me like i don't know it's so interesting like that era of our time when like technology started like Mm -hmm. picking up and like there was like a weird like there was like a thing in the air of like the possibility of the future and yeah. like what technology will look like and i'm like especially like around the 50s mm-hmm. I, I thought that's just really really interesting
1: yeah no yeah. i think like there's so much like innovation and stuff you really didn't yeah, know where totally things totally could take you
0: i think just what started going really really fast after that point especially in the last couple of years mm-hmm. so like as a biochemistry major like what do you want to go into like in the future do you think
1: yeah i'm so i'm pre-med so i would like to oh. go to med school yeah oh
0: awesome be a doctor Yes, awesome. I don't know what
1: yet, but just... I'm hoping to apply next year.
0: Yeah. I... Are you, like... Do, like... This might be a silly question, but, like... That kind of stuff, like, always interested me, kind of. But, like, I, I like, cannot deal with, like, guts and, like, gross stuff. Like, does that stuff not phase you? Or, like, re, are you wanting to do something, like, outside of nasty? Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. no, I mean, it's actually, like, pretty interesting like Mm -hmm. I guess um when I started like doing more shadowing and stuff it was like kind of like different from my expectations Mm -hmm. like um there's definitely an opportunity to like just spend less time like in the operating room yeah Mm -hmm. like you can definitely just do clinical side of things um and like you don't really see a lot of people like (laughs) you know what I mean (laughs) yeah but you know there's always gonna be
0: crazy stuff happening they do want to work in like a
1: hospital I'm honestly not sure. I know, mm. like, I just, I feel like there's so much that I still need to, like, kind of figure out about what specifically I want to yeah, do. Yeah, definitely.
0: I feel that. Mm. Yeah.
1: I think the biggest thing that I know that I want to do is being able to, like, um, like, really have an opportunity to, like, talk with patients and make, like, yeah. a longer lasting relationship. Totally. I feel like it's kind of interesting because, like, mm. my, like, like, what I realized what I like about, like, writing articles for Granite and Black mm. kind of, like, correlates with that idea. Just, like, I really like being able to, like, hold interviews and, like, yeah. ask people, mm-hmm. like, those questions that really gets them to like you know like just talk for like minutes and minutes about something that they're really passionate about and Mm -hmm. I really like being able to like see that and being able to connect with people on that and I really want to like be able to see that like with patients in some way like I want to make sure that I bring that into the healthcare that I provide
0: hopefully. I I love that I love that a lot I think there's you know uh, there are some people in the medical field out there that really really care about their patients but I think just more of that human connection is really going to improve people's trust and faith in their medical providers and also like um like mental health I think that would help improve their experiences as well which is I think is a really great thing you know it's really interesting I I didn't think to make that connection between like being a journalist and being a doctor you have to ask the questions that's yeah. something that they both have to do you have yeah. to ask questions so you get down to the nitty-gritty not diagnose the problem but maybe in some journalist cases they like <laughs> to diagnose as well but that's really interesting I love that connection a lot yeah. yeah so let's get into the article that you wrote called woven crowns that was for the new print edition which I thought was very very beautiful shout out to Megan because um, she Megan Wooters because she designed the yeah. It for was beautiful. It. And it was I love so it beautiful so much. and it was gorgeous beautiful pink. Love it. Um so, I guess let's just get into it. I start kind of like with the general question. So, what what led up to you wanting to write this article and like what inspired you besides like your own personal experiences or include your own personal experiences, but I just wanted to get that out of the way cuz I assume that was a part of it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um I've actually been wanting to like write this article for a really long time now. Mm-hmm. I think I kind of came up with this idea or I wanted to write about, like, hijabis in some way. Mm -hmm. Um, Back in my freshman year when I was, like, an articles writer, um, I just never really, I don't know, I guess I didn't really get around to it. Maybe because, like, I, like, thought about, like, oh, I really want to write this. Then I, like, forgot for a bit. Or, like, I just wasn't sure if it fully fit the theme. And I just wanted to make sure, like, the time that I pitched it, you know, was, like, I guess right. Like, I was ready to write it. And it, like, it could be like it fit the time or if it fit like what mm-hmm. got in black like the theme and stuff like that you know what yeah, i mean yeah
0: totally and i think it's very important for a piece like this to be in the print edition so the most amount of people can see it yeah so i think it's it is a good thing that you waited until until this semester because it definitely fits the theme um it's the most people could see it which is really good it's really important for that kind of representation um and also like you know you you probably yourself has have grown as a writer throughout Mm -hmm. the last couple of years so yeah to write a piece like this that is important to you i think it's good that you waited
1: yeah Mm -hmm. no i i'm i agree like i'm glad too i've had a few more articles under my belt and i have more of an idea of like kind of how to write pieces Mm -hmm. and how to ask questions and get um like answers from people from my interview but yeah so i ended up um pitching it uh and writing it this semester um previously like i was kind of thinking that i might talk more about like less about the hijabi experience more like um hijabis and like the white savior trope and kind of like Mm -hmm. how those ideas uh kind of interact with each other but i think uh as i was writing the piece i just realized i really like i didn't really want it to be centered on like a concept i really wanted to be more about the experiences of the people that i'm interviewing yeah and just yeah and just like highlight kind of like how the (laughs) hijabi experience like while there is a lot of like um similarities and there is a community there like each person is different and that really like um combines with uh other parts of their identity to really make each person like you know individualized like when you I guess like when I was like explaining it originally um I was saying like I think sometimes like this is not always but I think sometimes Mm -hmm. like when people see like someone wearing a hijab they're like oh like okay you know you have all these list of things that you think that they're
0: people make assumptions right and and that goes for anyone. I mean, especially, especially those underrepresented, like, minorities. Like, there are a lot of assumptions that people make like just looking at someone and they don't even realize it yeah like, exactly it's oh like she looks like this so she must do this and this and this yeah but you you don't know that person you don't you've never that. met them exactly and I think that fits so perfectly within the theme this semester the concept of Saunder and how everyone's lives are just as intricate as yours and mm-hmm. you don't you don't know what's going on in someone else's life you never really know so I think that's that's so perfect you know and looking at it at a lens through you know Being a Muslim woman, and the other people that that you know, they're you know other Muslim women, but you all have your own individual experiences that is could be comparable to other uh, another person's, but it can't it can't be exactly the same. Yeah, which I think is really really awesome and. I don't know. I we're uh, this is kind of like off topic a little bit, but I love the lens through intersectionality that you that you spoke about. I took a class over the summer. Um, a, it was a women and gender studies class mm-hmm. about. It was called like sex, class, race, and gender. Oh, that and you're like, really cool. How do all of those four things like? How do you, how can you do a class and study all of those things at the same time? But it was more about how all those different factors in our lives, like all of our different you know demographics and things like that, all play into you know, all of our different individual experiences, which I thought was really, really interesting, and I'm really glad that I was able to study that, because I always knew intersectionality was a thing, but I was like, how does that work? Like, how does that, what does that really mean for me and other people? Like, I, you know, it's like, not only am I a woman, but, you know, I'm also a 20-year-old girl, like, mm-hmm. and that, and that intersectionality is even more important when it comes to minorities, and Um, you know how they experience you know their lives through the lens of being a minority and you know how it doesn't have to define you but it can also be an intricate part of your identity and I really really appreciate you know I really really appreciate you being able to have that platform and write about not only your experience but also other girls experiences
1: yeah no thank you so much Mm -hmm. I really like have been interested throughout kind of college to get like Like, I've been interested always in, like, intersectionality and stuff like that, so Mm -hmm. I was really glad to be able to, like, write more about that and hear, like, all of the experiences of my interviewees in my piece.
0: Yeah, definitely. So I know in your article you were able to talk to a number of different girls um, that, you know, wear a hijab, and they, you know, they all have their own experiences of, like, when they decided to start wearing the hijab you know the connection to their faith and their culture and just like how they see the world through their own experiences and their own eyes um but would you like to speak a little bit more on your personal experiences you know and your upbringing yeah you know, and what led you to wear the hijab yeah yeah so um I started wearing the
1: hijab like in my f- fifth grade mm-hmm. um of elementary school mm-hmm. it was just kind of like um I guess not really much uh ceremony I guess it was kind of like uh my parents were like oh like do you know if you're gonna want to wear the hijab and I was like yeah I think I will and then well when do you want to start and I was like it was the summer before fifth grade Mm -hmm. I was like well like no time like the present I guess so Mm -hmm. I started wearing it like at the end of the summer and I was just consistent pretty consistent with it um it like for me like the hijab is like definitely a presentation of my faith you know it lets Mm -hmm. people know that like I'm i'm muslim and stuff like that like they know when they see me like kind Mm of an aspect of who i am Mm -hmm. but at the same time it's also just like very intricately tied to my like identity the way Mm -hmm. that i present myself to the Mm -hmm. world um i think like i just don't really think i see myself like it's just i don't know how to say like it's Mm -hmm. it's the way that i also like present myself to the world you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like it's really
0: like along with faith it's just also really a part of my personal like identity yeah and your personal expression and yeah your sense of fashion and how you get to express yourself through the clothes you wear which i think is really really awesome i i it's so interesting because there's nothing in like american culture i guess would you say that is like similar to that of like a hijab mm-hmm. where it's like not only does it represent your faith but it's also your personal expression and how you know how you like to see yourself which i think is really really awesome and interesting it's a very like um important part of your culture which is which is um admirable um and also that you that you have the you know the bravery and the power to wear what you want even in the face of people who may try to you know may try to assume things about you if that makes sense does that make sense
1: yeah i know mm-hmm. it does yeah
0: yeah uh, you know i'm trying to be careful with my wording here cuz like i have a lot to say but i'm also like I, you know, I need to be sensitive to you know the topic at hand because it is, you know, it's it's really really important to you and a lot of other people out there. Um, so I had like an interesting thought like when you said that you started wearing the hijab when you were in fifth grade, and that's you know that's also like kind of around the time that I started, you know, st- I started like puberty and stuff like that, and I started seeing myself as, you know, not a not a little girl anymore, but I'm growing into a teenager, and that's so interesting that you get to have like that physical transition not just like that mental transition if that makes sense like you get to start wearing something that represents that you are you're growing up and Mm -hmm. you and I think that's that's really that's really awesome I think the only thing that like would represent that like in terms of like you know my personal experiences is like you know like my body started changing Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know like that's kind of a weird weird way to go but like Having that physical representation is really interesting. And yeah. I, I think that's that's really cool.
1: Yeah. Typically, like, um, like people start wearing the hijab mm-hmm. when, like, your period starts, like, when you're mm-hmm. starting puberty and stuff yeah. like that. So mm-hmm. it is, like, um, for a lot of people, it is also, like, not only, like, a presentation of your faith, but it also mm-hmm. is, like, a rite of passage. You know? Yeah. You're starting to yeah. be, like... Um, this is something that I also saw, like, a lot in the people that I was interviewing mm-hmm. and something that I felt, too. But it's, like... Um, You're growing up, but you're also becoming like, you know, more like you're becoming closer to like the women in your community. You know, it becomes like an extra form of like connection Mm -hmm. to the people around you, like who are also wearing the hijab and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So it's just like something
0: that all binds you together. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
1: exactly. And it's like it's not just like the community that's formed within people of your own age, but also just like you know, you're being tied to something greater, like within you know the community like the older women in your community mm-hmm. but then also like within the faith itself like within Islam, you know that there are a mm-hmm. lot of other
0: people who also like you know continue to wear the hijab and mm-hmm. everything yeah that's amazing so on to like how it made you feel when you first you know started wearing it um how does it does it, do you feel like a certain thing like on the theme of personal expression as well how how does it make you feel when you put on your hijab every morning do you feel like Do you feel powerful? Do you feel happiness? Do you feel spiritual, like, connection to your faith? Like, I'm sure it's just become part of your routine for you, but there is still, like, a certain amount of, you know, power to it. Yeah. I assume. So how speak a little bit on that if you'd like to
1: yeah Mm -hmm. no I think um I think like kind of now going into like wearing the hijab and stuff like that it is like very much just a part of my
0: routine I Mm -hmm. think like when
1: I put it on it makes me feel like very it makes me feel comfortable I guess if that makes sense because it's
0: I I get that because since it has become part of your routine it's like a comfort thing for you to do I mean that's how I feel like when I put on my makeup every morning since it is a part of my routine I feel comfort in the routine and yeah I totally get that
1: yeah it's like it's kind of, like, if I didn't wear it, it would, it would be kind of odd. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it would something would be off. Mm-hmm. So it's just, like, it just feels... I guess, to me, it, like, it feels right, if that makes sense. Like, not really, like... Um, I don't really know how else to, like, explain it. Mm-hmm. It just feels like something that's, like, very, very right to me. And mm-hmm. so I feel like I gain a source of comfort from it. Um, I think I also do gain a level of, like, confidence and stuff like that, too. Like, because this is, like, you know when I wear the hijab in the morning like it is my choice you know it's Mm -hmm. a choice that I make every single day so it's like knowing that I'm starting every single part of my day with that you know with that choice Mm -hmm. um it kind of really makes me feel a little bit more like at ease and like I can really like make more like more decisions and continue Mm -hmm. to be confident like have confidence in myself
0: as I go throughout my day that's lovely that's really really lovely amazing um amazing so I guess one more thing that I wanted to mention, which was a part of your article, is um, I really love the emphasis that you put on of, in, in making your own way, making your own decisions, speaking of decisions <laughs> in regards to your faith and the role religion has in your life. I think there's a lot of power. In, I mean, there's a lot of power in making any kind of decision in your life, but especially religion and things that are tied to, you know, your culture and things like that. I think that's really amazing that you get to make make your own decisions in terms of how you want to express yourself and how you want like I said the role that your religion has in your life
1: I completely agree I think um kind of playing into that I think a lot of times when people um think of the hijab or think of like Mm -hmm. people who wear the hijab they don't really think that it's a choice they think that like there's a question um like I've been asked a lot and then Mm -hmm um i think some of my interviewees also like mentioned it but there's always like that question of like oh were you like forced to wear it and stuff mm-hmm. like that and most people that i mean like a lot of the people that you see who wear the hijab like they were not forced to wear it they were they chose to make that decision yeah, you know what yeah, i mean totally. like they continue to go back to it so it's just kind of like kind of going back to the idea of like assumptions and stuff like that mm-hmm. you just don't really know what a person's like personal journey is like yeah. with their hijab with any part of their identity
0: mm-hmm. you need to
1: like I guess you need to give them the ability to tell you what's like what their story is. Like mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Yeah, it's like the theme of Sonder, you never really know what someone's life is like until you actually sit down and talk to them and walk a mile in their shoes, I guess, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's that's really really amazing. I think something I had to realize when I was growing up is that you know all the people around me are all, all going through something and they all have made their own decisions and I I can't make assumptions about people just based off what they look like especially like you know the girls that are like are the girls and I guess the boys too as well but like I I have this like relationship with like the pretty popular girls at my school I was like oh they must be you know spoiled and you know they they um you know they have everything handed to them but something that i didn't realize is you know they might be going through something difficult at home mm-hmm. you know they may be you know they may be you know unhappy with their life or they may be the happiest they've ever been like you really just don't know unless you really know somebody um and that goes for you know how people express themselves as well and you know how you know people's relationship to their faith like you don't you don't know how devout they are like you don't know you don't know like how you don't know how different cultural aspects really play in people's lives unless you really know them.
1: Yeah, like, you don't know how everything, like, kind of comes together. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to say, like, too, like, um, like, for me personally, also, like, the hijab is, like I said, like, a really big part of my, like, Mm self-expression and my identity, but it is also still, like, continues to be, like, a part of my faith and stuff like that. Like, I I consider, like, I am Muslim and I'm very proud to be Mm -hmm. Muslim and stuff like that, too. So Mm -hmm. I just wanted, like, I didn't, I, I wanted to make sure to make that like clear too i feel like sometimes mm-hmm. maybe there's a distinction between like oh like it's not like it is really tied to my identity but it is mm-hmm. also like
0: like the reason i put it on is because of my religion too you know yeah. like it's everything is interconnected it's yeah intersectionality you know um so i guess finally i just want to say that i also really love the closing note so that you left off on your article um which is do not be afraid to take up space because why should you? There's nothing that makes you so different that means you shouldn't be allowed somewhere. We're just regular people, which I thought was really, really well put. And also is very relatable, mm-hmm. not only to the topic of your article, but just anyone in general. Like, do not be afraid to take up space. Like, you do you. You make your own decisions. You have a right to be there. And that's also something that I had to, I really connected to me because that's something that I had to realize when I got older. I'm like, I am not annoying people or uh, what is the word like I'm not you know I'm not an obstacle for people to overcome I'm just someone existing in their space I have a right to be there just as much as anyone else and that goes for any 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 minority as well like you there's a space for you and any as much as any other person so yeah I thought that was that was a really 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 great place to end off your yeah article.
1: no I was so glad that mm-hmm. um that the interviewee um, had said that during the piece like
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um, I think like I don't know just specifically like with relation to hijab and like Muslim women I think there's kind of this idea that people do have about like how a Muslim woman should act Mm -hmm. Um, partially like it kind of plays into the people's like misconceptions and assumptions Mm -hmm. that they continue to make like oh she's um, submissive or like quiet you know Mm -hmm. what I mean like she's not supposed to take up space so I really appreciated that she kind of ended on that note that Mm -hmm. like no matter you know who we are what um our own personal like personalities or experiences mm-hmm. are like we still have like an inherent value like what we say matters and mm-hmm. the way that we choose to talk about um our experiences or give our ideas and opinions like all of that like needs to be i guess given its credit if mm-hmm. maybe i'm not sure if that's the way i want to say it, but like you know what i mean like each person is allowed like just each person is important, you know what I mean, and like Muslim women in themselves, like have a right to choose for the w- like the way that they want to, um, I guess like
0: share mm-hmm. and experience the world, yeah, live their lives. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really really lovely. Um, I guess one last question that I want to ask is, uh, how did you come up with the name of the article?
1: Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. that's a good question. So, yeah. um. Basically, um, one thing that really kind of set off my idea for it was, um, one of the people that I interviewed had said, like, when they wear the hijab, they think of it like a crown oh, that yes. they wear. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, this is, like, really good. And mm-hmm. then I was trying to, like, I was having a really hard time trying to figure out a title. So then, um, I kind of started looking up more, like, um, stuff like hijab materials because mm-hmm. I wanted to make it really specific to the title of the piece. Yeah. Um, I supposedly we wear, like, jersey hijab, so I wasn't, like, as familiar with, like, other materials. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's one material... It's called woven, Mm -hmm. um, and that's used to, like, make the hijab. So I thought, like, woven crowns fit really well, because it's not only, like, the hijab is a piece of cloth that's, like, woven, Mm -hmm. um, but then also it is, like, the material that is used Mm -hmm. for some hijabs as well. So I thought it added, like, significance to the piece while also paying tribute to, like, my interviewee. Yeah,
0: and it's also woven to the rest of your identity as well Mm -hmm. on the topic of intersectionality, of course, which, oh, my God, that's so lovely. Yeah. That's awesome. I really, really love that. Well... Do you have any closing thoughts that you would like to throw out there or anything else you want to say? Um, No, like, I just really appreciate being yeah. able to, like, come here
1: and talk about my piece. Yeah, definitely. Um, this piece was really close to my heart. Mm-hmm. Like, I really appreciated being able to talk about things that I cared about um, through the lens of the people that I interviewed and, you know, being able to bring up a lot of these issues and maybe hopefully, like, give people a little bit more of an idea of, like, what is the experience of a hijabi woman? And even still, like you know, I only interviewed three people and it's only from, like, informed a little bit by my own experiences. Like, even the stuff that's in there is not going to be completely, like, each, like, Mm -hmm. relevant to every single person that you're ever going to meet. So I just, like, you know, even as you continue to, like, read and understand about the experiences of, like, Muslim women, you know, it's good to just continue to keep an open mind and understand that, you know, we're not a monolith. Each person really does have their own journey their own experiences Mm -hmm. as a Muslim as a woman
0: as a hijabi yeah um all of that really like plays into each other yeah that's that's really really lovely I appreciate you coming on as well we had to work out you know another time so I really appreciate your dedication and your cooperation no thank you so much Um, I appreciate yeah I really really wanted to have you on because I thought you know the article was just perfect and i just Thank wanted you. to get to know you more too because i see you in passing all the time and you yeah. I always thought you were so nice and sweet so which so this is really awesome that we get to sit down and talk today um uh so do you have like any ideas of like no spoilers of course but like do you have any ideas of like what you would like to write on in the future or the future of the magazine like in your involvement in it
1: Yeah, um, I definitely would like to continue to be involved in leadership and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I do have a few ideas for stuff I want to write about for next semester um, and stuff I want to do.
0: But I guess you'll have to wait and see. Wait and see. (laughs) Wait and see. All right. Thank you so much um, for coming on today. And I hope you guys have a lovely week.